Welcome on into the Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Matt Lowell, the managing editor of Golf Course Industry Magazine, and you are listening to episode 31 of Off the Course. This is the podcast where golf course superintendents and other turf pros talk about quite literally anything other than their job. My guest today is, without a doubt, the youngest person to appear on this podcast. He is also among the more accomplished people to appear on this podcast, certainly at this point in life and career. Jacob Scales is just 17 years old. He turns 18 next month. He is a high school senior in Andover, Kansas. He is a member of the grounds crew for Flint Hills National Golf Club. He is also a member of the grounds crew for the AA Wichita Wind Surge. How does he balance two jobs around his senior year of high school? What's next for a teenager who's already working in two different areas of the turf industry? What can turf pros do to attract and retain talented teenagers and 20-somethings like Jacob to their teams? Jacob and I talk about all that and more before you hear from Jacob, though, a quick word from the sponsor of Off the Course, and that is AquaAid Solutions. The mythical Excalibur might just be the most famous fictional sword. It's immortalized in Arthurian stories and, of course, sheathed in stone. The sword in the stone, right? You remember that? The modern Excalibur, though, is the new next-generation rapid-response soil surfactant from AquaAid Solutions. Excalibur delivers rapid infiltration and consistent drydown, and it helps your turf achieve both consistent hydration and superior rehydration. All you need is four ounces for every thousand square feet for your initial application early in the growing season, and then either an ounce and a half to two ounces every 12 to 14 days, or three to four ounces every 28 to 30 days. You also need at least an eighth of an inch of water to deliver Excalibur to the soil profile. For best results, you use Excalibur over a full-season program, and not just when signs and symptoms of water repellency and turf grass stress start to appear and maybe make your turf look a little less like turf and a little more like that mythical stone. For more about Excalibur, check out AquaAid Solutions at www.aquaaidsolutions.com. You can also find them on Twitter at solutions for Turf, that's Solutions, the number four, Turf. Jacob Scales, after the break. Jacob Bobber Scales, we'll get to the nickname in a minute. He works for both the Wichita Wind Surge and for Flint Hills, National Golf Club. Really impressive, young, up-and-coming turf pro. Jacob, welcome to the podcast. How you doing? Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me on. So you popped up in my Twitter timeline a couple times this summer, most recently, just a few weeks ago, because of what you called your first senior picture session. And I love these. They grabbed my attention. They grabbed at least a couple dozen likes, if not a little more. And it's great. It's you in full Wichita, wind surge, grounds crew gear at Riverside Stadium, one, you're spraying the infield, one, you're painting the third baseline, one, you're driving a cat, and one, you're posing in front of four different pieces of John Deere equipment. I have to ask, and I have to imagine that it was. This was your idea, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so my mom, you know, she 
like every mom I would assume for a high school senior. She's saying, oh, we got to get started on senior pictures. What are you thinking? And I said, well, it's only right to do some at the stadium, right? She's, and reluctantly, she said yes. So I'm really thankful that happened. So thankfully, uh, I had um, – there's a mural outside the stadium. So I was able to take a little couple of pictures out there without my, you know, ground uniform on, just a nice polo shirt and everything. So just to please her. And a shout-out to any parent – supportive enough to let their kid take senior pictures at work what is your mom's name patty patty well patty well done who signed off i imagine your mom obviously signed off was this a a ben hartman sign off as well he's the he's the groundskeeper there he's the head head groundsman uh and a former guest on off the course as well i believe last year yep ben was there he uh helped pull out some of the equipment for me since you know only one person can run all the equipment at a time so he was a big help in getting everyone in and getting everyone out, for sure, thanks to him. And as I mentioned and as we talked about before we pressed record, you're not just a baseball guy with the wind surge. You also do work uh, on the crew. You were, I believe, a, uh, a grounds maintenance intern was your official title at Flint Hills National Golf Club in Andover, Kansas. Great course. Are there going to be more senior pictures? Are you going to be able to get pictures at Flint Hills later, uh, later in the year or in the spring? Yeah, so actually this coming Thursday evening, I'm going out there with my photographer, and she's going to capture some of me doing some work photos, and just a little bit of work photos, and then more so just like a nice shirt and khakis of a close-up on my face and stuff. So pretty excited about that. Thankfully, shout-out to Dylan Sten. He's allowing me to go out there on the property and take pictures. Dylan Sen, one of the assistant superintendents at Flint Hills. Paul Jonas is the superintendent, and then two other assistants there, uh, Corey Ryder and Zach Ryan. Sounds like a great crew that you work with. Yeah, it is. You know, each, all the assistant superintendents and Paul, for that matter, they've all, you know, given me advice, and I've all talked to them at some point, and um, their insight is just great. Um, Zach, he went to Rutgers, and... I think the rest of them, they all went to K-State. So they're, you know, diff- their experiences are so much different. And their, you know, expertise that they gave me about you're in, a, um, in an employee-friendly market. So you have the upper hand when negotiating for a contract. That will always stick out to me for sure. That's pretty good advice for anybody, whether you're 17, 18, or, you know, 37, 38. It, it is a good time to negotiate for a new deal if you can, or a first deal sure. for you. You're a high school senior. As I mentioned, you've already worked on a top 100 course. You've already worked for a team. We don't have to go back too far because you're only 17 years old. How did you get into turf? What is what is the Jacob Scales turf origin story? My introduction to turf. So 2021, going back, end of my sophomore year of high school, I was looking, I was reading the uh, paper here, and I saw the wind surge were hiring. So I'm like, okay, that sounds cool. I'd love to work for the wind surge. So... You know, I go to the the open house that they have for employment, and I say, yeah, I'm either interested in um, grounds crew or, like, a marketing position, marketing intern. And they didn't really specify about – they didn't go into detail about the marketing thing, and um, they just kind of stuck with the grounds crew. So I said, okay, their application that I had filled out didn't really get sent to my boss because he wasn't hired yet. So he was hired in, I want to say, April – a couple of days before the first game, actually. So my application got lost. It was only, I think, May 
is when I joined the crew, and thankfully my mom knows one of the older guys on that crew, his wife, and she was talking to him, and she said, yeah, we need a lot more guys on the crew, so um, you really encourage him to email Ben and just see if he'll give him a chance, and so that's what I did, and I actually listened to the podcast that you did with him before I emailed him, and I was really like taking it back. I'm like, I can't believe that he worked for the Astros and was a super at a, a good, you know, golf course when he was 20 years old. That's right. insane to me. So, and I, now I'm kind of doing that to a lower level, but I never thought I could do that. But so I emailed him and he said, yeah, we'd love to have you. And then I think probably the second homestand in May I was on and then I worked the rest of the summer. It was different because um, working a week for like, you know, 10 hours a day and then going to working nothing when the team's away was just different. It was like you're living two different lives. So I really wanted to try and change that this year. And I, I know I went to the furthest extreme possible to do that. <laughs> but coming to Flint Hills when I started in March. So. so other than just wanting to have something to do during road trips, what was the, the drive behind diversifying and getting into the golf maintenance side of this great industry as well? I knew that towards the end of the year that I really wanted to pursue turf as a, or a career. So um, I was looking at, you know, different avenues I could take within sports, golf, you know, baseball, obviously, football, soccer, and, you know, rugby. But I was just thinking, like, okay, what could I do that's around Wichita that I could really start working at in the off weeks or while the winter is going on, too? And I'm like, oh, golf, that's it. And then then I brought it up to him, and he's like, yeah, go for it, man, do it. And so he actually reached out. He pulled some strings um, on his end to um, give me an interview with the guys at Flint, and they graciously accepted me. Seems pretty seamless, and that was only earlier this year. You were 17 and a half, I think, at the time. I mean, to go yeah. from zero jobs to two jobs... Not many high school at the time juniors, now a senior, have one job really anymore. So what is it like balancing school, balancing two different jobs? You have to have a calendar. This is a wind surge day. This is a Flint Hills day. This is a rare off day. Uh, what, what's your system? Yeah, so especially towards the start of the year, I, when the, I, you know, I looked at the schedule for the wind surge. And I put all the games in my calendar so I knew you know, not to double book myself for appointments and whatnot. And, um, like, if I was going on college visits or whatever. So within Flint, though, um, once school really ended, I didn't really have anything else going on. So that helped, and creating the routine really helped. So um, when I wasn't working the winters, I would always be in bed by 9.30, 9.45 every night. And, um, you know, just trying to get myself and my body prepared for the next week is coming, you know. Because it's a grind, working 15 hours a day. And when I'm not even working the wind surge, it could be um, just, you know, 10, 10 hours a day, 8 hours a day at Flint. So, and it's not like, it's not mental mental labor, but it's physical. So it's, it really takes a toll on your body. You were mentioning before we pressed record that Ben Hartman of the wind surge, the groundskeeper there, just a few years ago, 2018, he was on the grounds crew 
with the Astros. He was also the assistant superintendent at Magnolia Creek Golf Club, and he was doing that at the same time, but he wasn't trying to maintain a social life. You, at 17, high school junior becoming a senior, I feel like you probably have a little more of a social life than he did at that point, and you're in bed at 9.30, 9.45. Do you ever feel like this gets in the way of you know, just being a, a high school student or no? Yeah, absolutely it does. I mean, over the summer, my friends would be like, they'd text me and say, hey, you guys, you want to go out tonight or you want to hop on um, Xbox and play? And I'd be like, yeah, if I'm not, um, you know, asleep after dinner or um, if I am awake and I feel like playing, then I'll hop on and it may, might be like for an hour and it's like, oh, is it even worth it at that point? And I won't be very talkative. And me and my buddies, we like to go play golf. And there, I remember there's times this summer where I would get done after Flint and there, I was on an off week for a wind surge homestand. And I don't think I said maybe more than 20 words the whole entire time. I was just trying to make it through the 18 holes. <laughs> so it, it's definitely tough, but I just keep in the back of my head that, you know, not everyone has this opportunity to work for a double A crew and work at a top 100 course when they're 17 years old. Right. And not everyone can physically do it either. Well, that's the thing too, is when you're 17, you have the energy, you know, add, right. 20, 20, add 20 years of life onto your body and you're probably going to pass out a little earlier than you do. Exactly. And that's kind of what my thinking is. It's like, I'm going to grind while I can. And then when I get older and my body's physically not capable to work 18 hours a day, then I'll have put in that work that'll set me apart from other people in the industry that I'll be competing for jobs with. What advice, other than him just telling you, go for it, let's, let's make it work, what advice has Ben, who did essentially what you're doing, uh, what advice has he given you on doing baseball and golf at the same time? I think one of the first things he told me early in the season was, as much as it hurt, he said, I don't need you here. I, we have enough people. I think we have like 12 guys, 12 or 13 guys on our crew, so we're really blessed for that matter because – a lot of the minor league crews do not have that many people. So he said, I do not need you here. You need to spend more time at Flint than here. Because, one, you'll be able to spend, you know, the on weeks at the one surge here and the off weeks. So you'll be getting just that more, like, double the experience. Get that experience at the golf course. And he said, don't, what was it, about the bunkers. He said, don't, um, don't get so saddened about um, raking bunkers all the time and, don't feel like you always have the the flag boy jobs or whatever. Just stay the course and do what you're told, and it'll pay dividends in the future. And then also, 20-minute naps. <laughs> yep. That, that was a big one for him and for me, honestly. Once you get into lunch, that hour lunch break you have, you scarf down your food and you take a 20-minute nap, and then you're good for the rest of the work day. And then you get to the ballpark, help set up for BP, if there is any, and then take a quick snooze and then get ready for pregame, do that, and then snooze a little during the game in between drags. So those power naps are a big help. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> so you've worked almost two seasons for the wind surge and, and potentially a, a postseason run upcoming, so could be almost two seasons and, and a little bit more, and a full season almost – uh, at Flint Hills, your opinion, and it's only one opinion here, so whatever you say is good. What's better for an ambitious 17-year-old? 
baseball, golf, or is it a mix of both just to see what you like? I would say in this stage in my career, it's both because, you know, teenagers notoriously are indecisive. So just getting exposure and different, all, all, all different aspects of turf and the industries and the avenues they could take you is, I think, really important because there's the avenues I haven't even explored yet, like football, that I really would like to explore at some point. And, um, you know, that experience that I'm getting now is going to set me apart from other people in the future. But, you know, in the long run, I think I could see myself sticking with baseball. Golf, you know, it feels like you're going 100 miles an hour all the time. And, you know, the early start times, the wacky, um, you know, irrigation leaks you may have on the weekend, not to say there aren't those at a baseball field of some kind, but I don't know. I just kind of like the the flow of the baseball season because you may go to like 130 miles an hour during a homestand, it feels like, but then you drop back down to 70 or 60 miles an hour on the off weeks and you're able to, you know, come in at eight or nine and leave at about four or three and you're still able to come home and have dinner with your family. So in the future, you know, picking a career or an avenue that would be best to spend family time would be ideal for me. Right. It's the difference between a hundred days of hell in the summer and actually having some time to mentally and physically recover following a seven, exactly, ten yeah. day homestand. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was my next question is, is long term, what do you think is going to be your more likely option? But you mentioned football, you mentioned soccer, you mentioned rugby, and, and these are avenues in, in turf you haven't even really had a chance to dive into. So who knows? Maybe maybe it's one of those. Yep. Yeah, you know, I thought about, I'm a huge Packer fan, so I thought about, um, I visited um, Lambeau this summer during one of the off weeks, and um, it was great. And I, I told myself I'd really like to work here because, one, it's the Packers, my favorite team, and two, that's a great resume builder because, you know, growing grass in January in Green Bay, Wisconsin is a task <laughs> itself. And that's a great, you know, thing to put on a resume. So. Plus, is there another team in North America whose stadium, the nickname refers to the turf, the Frozen Tundra? I can't think of another I, one. Yeah. Iconic. You mentioned the Packers. I didn't even see that on your, on your Twitter timeline, but you had a heck of a summer. You went to K-State Field Day in August. You visited the Oklahoma City Dodgers, great AAA team, in July. You visited the Astros, Ben Hartman's old stomping grounds, in July. You volunteered at the Wichita Open in June. Uh, You also visited the Twins in June. And and I didn't even see the Packers. This is a heck of a a summer. Most kids your age are going on college Mm -hmm. visits, and here you are going to all sorts of stadiums and golf courses, and it's just it's a pretty cool summer. Yeah, so my family in early June, first couple weeks of June, we said, let's go on a ballpark tour up in upper Midwest. So we uh, first started out in Minnesota, and then got me in touch with the head groundskeeper for the St. Paul Saints, our AAA affiliate for the Twins. Yep. And he got me in touch with the assistant for the Twins, so I got to go on the field after the game and talk with him, and what he said was really uh, motivating for me. He just said, you know, you're doing everything right. Keep going, and hopefully we'll see you up here in a couple of years. 
I think the day after that, I got to help with the St. Paul Saints. I got to help help set up for BP and um, pregame. So that was really neat to see how they do things. I got to go to the Brewers. Didn't really make a connection there. Didn't work out. Um, so I just went to that game and then went to Lambeau. Didn't make a connection. We went to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Hmm. The Cedar Rapids Colonels are single affiliate for the Twins. And I reached out to their head groundskeeper, and I got to help in the morning and for pregame for their game. And, um, yeah, so it was kind of cool. I got to uh, hit up all the Twins affiliates in the system and talk with, oh, you know this player, and what was he like when he came through here? And just the stories that they have is cool, and the stories I was able to share with them was cool. And, you know, just hearing what other people do and seeing how they do it, it's, it's really interesting to see how other people get the job done within the industry. I mean, you're collecting best practices before you've even started formally your career, which is pretty cool. Exactly. And then um, I was able to go down to Houston in July for a um, youth gathering, and we stayed like a block away from the uh, Minute Maid Park. So um, I reached out to my boss, my assistant, at um, the wind surge, Jake Cooley, shout out to you. And uh, he got me hooked up with James at the uh, Astros, and he was able to take me down the field and visit with him a little bit. And he said the same thing. He said, you know, just keep grinding, keep going, and don't let up. One of your other moments from this summer, which was not a stadium or course visit, it was in the regular line of work at Flint Hills, and this was the first moment that you probably popped up on quite a few turf Twitter timelines was when, and you mentioned it right before we started recording, you had worked maybe 17 or 18 hours in a day. You were maybe not a hundred percent awake and you uh, were driving a workman. You accidentally caught a curb. You plowed the workman into a lake and I think it got over a hundred likes on Twitter. Most people were pretty supportive, said you owned up to it. Now just don't do it again. Uh, Another wild moment from a wild summer feels like for you. Yeah, looking back, you know, that, that's probably, like, the big highlight of my summer. Like, it was one of those things where you're in a trivia, a personal trivia contest, and you're like, um, two truths and a lie or something like that, and you're like, <laughs> you can pick one of those um, things for that. So my bosses, though, after I did it, I told them, they asked me, they said, were you on your phone? And I said, no, because I wasn't. And, um, you know, they came out with the skid steer. It was really funny because I called my boss, and I couldn't hear on my phone because it was, you know, filled with water. So I call my boss, and then, you know, a couple minutes later, I see all the crew from the shop coming out with a skid steer and everything. And I'm like, yes, they're here to save me. So the cavalry has arrived. But when they got there, I think it took about an hour, 45 minutes to get out. And um, the cart actually flipped. So it was on its side. And thankfully, the... Um, the back side of it was still able to be retracted, and like the, the you know the dumpster part, and um, they were able to hook it on to the middle of the cart, and they just kind of pulled it out of the of the bridge on its side. They rolled it on the side of the bridge. So, but my bosses, you know, they said, "Yeah, you messed up big time, but we've all been there. We've all done it. We just don't want to have it again." I'm really thankful that they didn't fire me after that. Although you did say you had vacation right afterwards, so some people thought you were fired. Yeah, so that church trip down to Houston 
left. That was on a Thursday, so that church trip left on that following Friday. So I was gone for a week after that. And it was probably 1.30 in the afternoon when I crashed it. So we end at 2.30 every day. I wasn't seen for a week straight. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure the whole crew thought I was fired. <laughs> you show up a week later. Oh, he's back. Yep. Yep, that's exactly how it went. They're like, wait, how'd you, how'd you get back? We thought you were fired. That's good. You got a nickname out of it, too. Yeah, so my boss, um, my head boss, um, Dylan, then he gave me the nickname Bobber when I got back from my trip. And I think it stuck pretty well. It's on the board, the assignment board at work. So every day when I walk in, I see a little Bobber icon emoji thing that's right next to my name. So you can't miss it when you walk in. But it really, I think it, it's probably better because I'm able to you know, put it in my Twitter bio and helps me dis- distinguish my name from other people in the industry for sure. Absolutely. I mean, nobody, I don't know if there are many other bobbers outside of bass fishing. Certainly not that yeah. many in turf. Yeah. A couple questions about just younger folks in general. The two big groups who it feels like so many turf pros have tried to reach out to, to contact, to work with, really since the start of the pandemic have been retirees and teenagers and, and early 20 somethings. And there's you talk with 50 different turf pros, there's 50 different ideas about how best to get folks onto the course. But from yeah. your perspective, what can superintendents, directors of agronomy, groundskeepers, anybody working on turf, what what should they be doing to attract folks your age to their crews? Man, when you look at it that way, it can seem like a really um, daunting task. The way you look at it is you just say, you can really make a career out of this. A lot, of, a lot of kids, you know, they grow up cutting grass, and no one really thinks that they can make a career out of it. And um, if you just show them that, you know, you can actually do this as a career, maybe not, if, even if you don't want to do it as a residential, you know, like a lawn care business, you can do this at a very high, intensely job, you know, mowing greens at .115 of an inch. That's, I mean, when I started and I saw that number, I'm like, that's insane. How do you get that with that small of a leaf blade and those bigger roots, right? I mean, that stumps people. Even even turf pro, that stumps people. That's the biggest problem for a lot of golf courses is maintaining green throughout the summer. So I would say second is just working with us. A lot of people, I know I may be the exception. I, have a, I feel like I have a really good work, work ethic, but um, a lot of people in our generation, I think, are known to – not have a great work ethic, showing us the work ethic and showing us how to do things and, you know, having a little leniency with us as we're learning how we go is a great thing. And that's what I've been really appreciative with my um, bosses at both the wind surge and at Flint is, you know, they know that I'm going to mess up and they know that I may not understand what they're trying to tell me to do. It feels like you have good bosses. It sounds like you have good folks who you report to. But that is something that I feel like maybe veteran turf pros should take into account, that 17-, 18-year-olds don't know everything you know, and nor should they, because they've been at this for maybe two years. Yep, exactly. What else should the superintendents, the groundskeepers, the, the directors of agronomy be doing to keep younger folks engaged? Is an hourly wage enough, Jacob, or, or are there other perks that, that would attract 
your friends, your your peers, or or even just keep you even more engaged than you already are? I know personally for me, gear is really eye-filling to me. So I'm always, you know, begging my bosses like, hey, can I get this sweatshirt? Or, hey, can we get crew jackets or something? Um, I think that goes a long way, especially for young people. Because if I work somewhere, I want to show it off, especially if I love it, you know. The biggest thing overall is just leniency and knowing that these are kids that you're dealing with. And they, some of them, sadly, they may not even have run a rotary mower before. So asking them to go mow a perfect, straight, real-line mower may not be in their capabilities yet. But you can sure teach them, and you can, the way that you treat them will pretty much determine if they want to stay in the industry or not. Have you been able to recruit any classmates or any friends to work for the Wind Surge or Flint Hills? No, um, since um, our Wind Surge crew is already, already so big, I haven't really promoted that to my friends yet. But um, at Flint, I know I have, especially for the Wind Surge crew, we have a couple of guys that are um, interested in getting into turf. So I know one guy after the season, he's going to try and uh, apply at Flint. So that'll really help progress him in his career. So I'm really thankful that I was the one guy that was able to get my foot in the door. And then I can be a connection to everyone else that I know that's wanting to get into turf. Don't forget to ask for your referral bonus if they stick around. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Impressive as heck. Still can't believe you're not even 18. You have two jobs around school. What is next? Because you mentioned earlier you're looking at a few turf schools, K-State's in the mix, Kansas State's in the mix. Are you looking at four-year turf school, or, or are there other options on the table for you? Yeah, so my dad, he works at a small college here in Wichita, so I can do my gen ed there for free, which will really help um, as far as financially. So I'm planning on staying at Friends University for my first two years of college. I'll be able to you know, still work for the wind surge and um, still be at Flint. Um, hopefully pick up an internship with the Twins or another big league team during those summers. And then after that, um, I've been on a visit to K-State twice. I'm just reaching out to Iowa State and Oklahoma State today. So we'll see what comes with those when I visit that. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited to get started, you know, studying turf full-time. Because I'm in, I'm in my botany class at high school right now, and it's it's fun, but it's not grass for the most part. And I'm trying to incorporate studying turf as much as I can in that class. But you know, the classes that I went on when I was um, touring K State, like it, I was like a kid in the candy shop when you always on my I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to get up here and you know spend half the day at the research center and just verticutting and mowing that's that sounds like heaven to me and you know just being around people that have the same interest as you well super excited to keep tabs on you just find out what you're going to do in the future whether that's the next three years of school and then beyond see where you land uh right now as has been mentioned a few times jacob scales member of the grounds crew of the wichita wind surge also on the crew at flint hills national golf club also, if that's not enough, a senior at Andover High School 
in Andover, Kansas. And if folks don't give you a follow, you are on social media at Jacob Scales, J-A-K-O-B underscore S-C-A-L-E-S. Anywhere else folks can reach out and contact you? I have a LinkedIn profile. I'm not on it much, but um, I also have Instagram, and I'll shout out my email, um, jacobascales at gmail.com, Jacob with a K. I'm special. So special spelling right there. So Love it. Jacob, this was fantastic. Thanks so much for the time. Cannot wait to hear what you get up to in the years to come. But for right now, uh, doubly impressed with a double dose of, of turf jobs. Well done. Thank you. My thanks again to Jacob Scales for going on and off the course and on and off the field. My thanks to Aquade Solutions for sponsoring off the course. And my thanks to all of you for listening to all the podcasts on the Superintendent Radio Network. Beyond the Page, Greens with Envy, Off the Course, and Tartan Talks drop on Tuesdays. Real Turf Techs with Trent Manning drops on the third Wednesday of the month. And Wonderful Women of Golf with Rick Wolfel drops on the first Thursday of the month. Our September issue will be online a little later this week with features by Guy Cipriano about one of the country's more amazing short courses, by Judd Spicer about how Minnesota superintendents handle weather extremes, by me about an Iowa superintendent who maintains five different courses, and lots, lots more. Great issue. Really love the September issue. You can check out everything online at www.golfcourseindustry.com magazine. If you subscribe to the print edition, that will be in your physical mailbox maybe as soon as this week. You can also read more industry news and notes in our fast and firm email newsletter that's delivered every Tuesday to your inbox. If you don't get it already, you can sign up online at www.golfcourseindustry.com right on the homepage. Golf Course Industry is produced by Guy Cipriano and me, Matt Lowell. Our columnists are, I think, the best. Terry Buchan, Henry DeLosier, Bradley S. Klein, Tim Morgan, and Matthew Wharton. We have a crew of fantastic regular contributors, too. Tyler Bloom, Trent Bouts, Lee Carr, Ron Furlong, our summer editorial assistant, Cassidy Gladio. She's sticking around. She's doing some more work. She's fantastic. Trent Manning, Judd Spicer, John Torciello, Anthony Williams, and Rick Wolfel. Our publisher is Dave Zai, Russ Warner, and the new guy, Jimmy Clark. He starts today. Handle sales. Jim Blaney designs the magazine. Caitlin Sellers makes sure everything goes where it should. Christina Warner makes sure you all receive the magazine. Kelly Antle, always important. Make sure we all get paid. Amanda Cafardi handles so much on the back end. Irene Sweeney does more than anybody can keep straight. Ryan Jacobs, Anna Matthews, Cody Minnick, Tom Bauman, Brock Andorada, and Patrick Brion are our IT team. Our president is Chris Foster. Above everybody else, we could not do what we do without every one of you. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry, my phone is acting up. No, you're okay. Is this the same phone that went into the water? Is that a new phone? <laughs> um, no, this is actually the same phone. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I was able to pull up a YouTube video and get it all the water, you know, wrung out of it, so that's good. Did you throw it into a bucket of rice or something else? Nope. I pulled up a YouTube video, and it, you know, vibrates the phone in a specific way, and it pulled it all, all the water out. Oh, that's it was kind of fascinating to watch, actually.